Okay, the message for today that I would like to share with you all is are you a good tree or are you a bad tree? <clears throat> Amen. And this was the parable that Jesus shared with his disciples. Most of the teachings that he taught his people were especially through parables. So one of the parables that he spoke was about a good tree and a bad tree. You can find that in Matthew chapter 12 and verses from 33 to 37. It says, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Amen. So here Jesus is sharing about a tree and a tree is always identified by its fruit. Amen. A good tree will produce good fruits. If you see the mango tree, it produces mangoes. But if you see a, uh, the thorns, they, the bushes, they, they produce thorns. So you can identify the trees by the fruits. In the same way, you can identify a person by their actions. Very clearly, it says in Matthew chapter 7 and verses from 16 to 20, it says, you can identify them by their fruits. That is by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bush or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. And verse 20, very important, it says, Yes, just as you can identify a person by his fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Amen. Jesus very clearly is, is telling the church that you can identify a person by their actions, by their fruits. So the question is, are we producing good fruits or are we producing bad fruits? Amen. Are we being fruitful to our family? Are we being uh, fruitful to our community? Are we producing good fruits, good deeds to our neighbors? Are we producing good deeds and good fruits to our church, to our church family? Are we doing anything good? Are we producing good fruits? Amen is a question that we Christians need to ask ourselves. Amen. Or are we producing bad fruits? That is abusing your spouse. If you are you abusing your, your family, are you abusing your children? Are you gossiping about your brothers and sisters in the Lord? Are you back backstabbing your friend who is trusting you? Or have you made a promise to your friend and changed your mind in the last minute? Leaving your friend at the mercy of their fate? So these are the actions and attitude that shows whether you belong to Christ or whether you belong to the world. Amen. Because these are the attitudes and actions of the people living in the world. And that's the reason God has brought us out of darkness. He has brought us out of the world. So that we can produce good fruits. And that was his intention. 
Jesus didn't pay a price on the cross so that we can continue producing bad fruits. No. <coughs> Jesus paid a price on the cross so that we can produce good fruits, good deeds through Him, through the Holy Spirit. Amen. So it's very important that we produce good fruits. So the question is, are we producing good fruits or are we producing <coughs> bad fruits? Amen. Jesus is telling, you will know them by their fruits. I came across this post about a person who posted on our Facebook this week. And uh, this brother has been a Christian for quite a while. But I was so disappointed to see him posting such a nasty reply to the post that I had posted. I posted that we are called to love our brothers and sisters. And this brother started judging what was posted. It was just a biblical scripture. So that shows what fruit you are bearing. Are you, are you bearing a fruit of judgment? Are you bearing a fruit of hatred? Are you bearing a fruit of pride? What fruit are you producing? Amen. Jesus very clearly said, love your brothers and sisters. Be there for your brothers and sisters. So what is wrong in that commandment that Christ gave us? And when you call yourself a Christian and you post such nasty reply to such post, it shows where you stand in the Lord. Amen. We are not called to judge our brothers and sisters. Let's leave the judgment to God because God is the one who does the judging. Our job is to do our part, to walk in love and produce the fruits of good deed. Amen. <clears throat> so Jesus is saying that you will know them by their actions. Matthew 7, 21. How will people know and see Christ in you if you are not producing good fruits? People have to see Christ in you. We cannot go and preach people without showing the love of Christ. People have to see Christ in us. They have to see the good deeds in us. And that is when you are doing the will of God. Amen. What are the fruits of the, uh, what are the good fruits? The, they are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Let's, let's, you can find that in Galatians chapter 5. And verses 22 to 23, it says, But the Holy Spirit produces these kinds of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and long-suffering. There is no law against these things. So these are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Different fruits. Of the, I think there are nine different fruits of the Holy Spirit. And one of them is gentleness and faithfulness and goodness and kindness. Amen. So these are the fruits of the Holy Spirit that will start producing in our life if we are a good tree. Amen. If we are a good tree, we will produce these good fruits. But if you are a bad tree, you are going to produce jealousy. You are going to produce anger. You are going to produce hatred. You are going to produce gossip. Amen. So we have to be careful and check our lives. Are we a good tree or are we a bad tree? We need to question ourselves, church. A very good example of a very good tree is the Roman officer, as mentioned in Luke chapter 7. And 
and verses 1 to 10 it says Luke 7 and verses from 1 to 10 it says when Jesus had finished saying all this to the people he returned to Capernaum at the time the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death when the officer heard about Jesus he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave so they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man if anyone deserves your help he does they said for he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us so Jesus went with them but just before they arrived at the house the officer sent some friends to say Lord don't trouble yourself by coming to my home for I'm not worthy of such an honor I'm not even worthy to come and meet you just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed <coughs> amen and verse 9 says when Jesus heard this he was amazed turning to the crowd that was following him he said I tell you I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel amen so look at the heart condition of this Roman officer he was not a Jew he was not from the Jewish community he was he was a Roman and on top of that he was an officer controlling the Jewish community but it says that in verse 4 they earnestly begged Jesus to help this man they said if anyone deserves your help he does this said verse 5 for he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for them amen so you can see that he had respect that he had love that he had gained that from this Jewish community why because he loved them he was willing to uh, get along with them amen to connect with them and not only that he was always there to help them and also it says that he built the synagogue for the Jewish people why did he build the Jew uh, synagogue for the Jewish people because he trusted and believed in the God of Israel amen so you can imagine a Roman officer he was not even a Christian he was not even a believer he was not even under the covenant of God that he gave to the nation of Israel he was an he was a Gentile but look at his heart condition it says that he was willing uh, to help the Jewish community he was there to help them and also it says that he built synagogue for them he loved them and the Jewish leaders had great regard for him that's the reason they were telling Jesus Jesus if anybody needs help this is the right guy because he always stood with the Jewish community and top of that he has built a synagogue for us amen I mean that shows that his fruits were good amen because he was willing to help his community he contributed to the community by building a Jewish synagogue for the Jewish people so he contributed he gave his good deeds he did a good deed he produced a good fruit for the Jewish community and not only that it says that he was concerned for his slave you will find that in the same chapter and it says in verse 2 it says at the time the highly valued slave of a Roman officer 
was sick and near to death. And when the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected elders asking him to come and heal his slave. So he was very much concerned about his slave, his servant. It says that he sent his, uh, the Jewish elders to go and request Jesus to come and heal his slave. So he trusted in the God of Israel, being an unbeliever. And secondly, he trusted in the power of God flowing through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So these are the fruits that show that he, he produced a good tree. And it was so wonderful to see that Jesus was surprised by his faith. It says in verse 9, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. So you can imagine that he has not seen faith like this man had anywhere in Israel. Amen. So that shows his heart condition. That shows that he's producing good fruits. Amen. So what are we doing as Christians? Are we contributing anything to the community? Are we contributing anything to the church? Are we producing good fruits to help our servants, our slaves, our friends? Bringing Christ, requesting Christ to come and heal them. Are we doing anything? This is a question that we need to question ourselves. Amen. So these qualities made Jesus surprised at his faith and his slave was healed. It says that his servant, his slave was healed. Why? Because of his good heart. Because of his humble attitude. He even told Jesus, Jesus you don't have to come to my place. You don't have to travel that far just to come. Visit me and heal my slave. You can just give a word and my slave will be healed. So you can imagine the faith and the confidence that he had in Jesus Christ. Amen. Being an unbeliever, being a Gentile, he had so much of trust in God. Amen. And he contributed to the community. So the question is, are we producing any fruits to our family? Are we producing any good deeds to our community? Are we producing any good deeds to our church? Is a question we need to question ourselves. Amen. The second very good example is the Zarephath widow. The widow from Sidon. If you find that in 1 Kings. I'm sure everyone knows about the story of the Zarephath widow who was struggling. And there was a famine in the land of Sidon. And they were without food for many years. Uh, there was a famine actually for three years and it says that the widow didn't have any food. She had only few, uh, few uh, morsels left to feed herself and die. And that was all she had. And she was willing to give that to the prophet Elijah because she trusted in the God of Israel. Let's go to First Kings. Verse 17, 18 to 16. Okay, it says, <clears throat> I'm sorry, verse 1, I'm sorry, verses 8 to 16. 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 to 16, it says, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon, 
I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath as he arrived at the gates of the village. He saw a widow gathering sticks and he asked her, Would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get, he called to her, Bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house and I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal and then my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you have said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and for your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was enough oil, there was always enough oil and flour left in the containers just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Amen. So you can see her obedience. It shows her heart condition. When the prophet told him, just get me some food first, she didn't question. She didn't question. She made up her mind to feed the prophet even at the cost of losing her life, even at the cost of losing her son's life. Why? Because she put God first. She trusted in the God of Israel. Amen. Because she trusted in the God of Israel, that is what led her to help this prophet and to be obedient to his word. And she fed the prophet. She said, no matter what happens, if I die, I die. But let the prophet of God live. Amen. That is a condition of heart that we all need to have. We should say, Lord, whether I die, I want to do your will. Amen. And that was the will of God for this widow from Zarephath. She was not an Israeli. She was not, from, not a Jew. But look at her heart condition that she trusted the God of Israel more than the children of Israel did. Amen. And that's the reason God had so much of confidence in this woman that he told Elijah to go. And this woman will definitely feed you. Because God knows our heart. God knows whether we are a good tree or whether we are a bad tree. Amen. So that's the life we, we need to live in. Where God will have confidence in us. That if I send my son or my daughter who is struggling. That this child will feed my brother or sister. Amen. So that's the confidence this woman had. She was not even a Christian. She was not even a believer. She was not... An Israeli. She was not the uh, not even a Jew. She was a Gentile. But look at her heart condition that she was willing to sacrifice her life and her son's life for God. And she fed Elijah. And what happened, it says that in verse 14, For this is what the Lord God of Israel says, There will always be flour and oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So God gave a word. Feed my prophet. But if you do that. You will never have any lack. And your flour. 
and oil will be left in the containers until the time when the Lord sends rain. So you can imagine that she was blessed because of her obedience to God of Israel and she fed the prophet and because of that it says that she never had any lack of food. Israel was suffering, there was famine all around Israel. There was wilderness, there was dry, wasted land around Israel. But this woman was flourishing. She was well fed. And not only that, she was also was able to contribute to the people in Zarephath. Because it says that the food, there was no shortage, it was overflowing till the rain came for th after three years. So she was producing the flour and the oil, not only to her family, but she was able to produce it and give it and distribute it to all her neighbors as well. Amen. So what kind of fruit are we producing? Are we producing a fruit of rebellion towards God, disobedience to God's word when God calls us to do certain things? Because God, when you listen to God, he's going to bless you, but not only he's going to bless you, he wants to bless your whole family. He wants to bless your whole community through you. Amen. And that's what happened with the Zarephath widow. God used her not only to bless Prophet Elijah, but also she produced good fruit to her whole family. And not only to her whole family, to her whole community and her whole neighbor. Amen. She produced a fruit of abundant supply. Abundant supply of food. To the whole family and whole community. Amen. That shows that she's producing good fruits. It shows that she's a good tree producing good fruits. Amen. So we need to question ourselves. Are we producing good fruits to our family? Are we producing good fruits to our, fam uh, to our community? Amen. Because we have to help our brothers and sisters. Because the word clearly says in Matthew... Chapter 25, verse 40, it says, If you're helping your brothers and sisters, you're doing it for Christ. Amen. Let's let's go there. Matthew 25 and verse 40. And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Amen. So he's telling, if you're doing it to your brothers and sisters, you're doing it to Jesus. If you go uh, a little further ahead, it says, and the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison. You didn't visit me. Amen. So he's disappointed. He's telling you are not there for your brothers and sisters in the time of need. You are not there when they were sick. You were not there when they were in the prison. You didn't provide them with food. Depart from me. That is what we are going to face on the day of judgment church. Every one of us has to face the Lord Savior Jesus Christ. And give an account to what we have done with our life. We have to give an account whether we have produced good fruits or whether we have produced bad fruits. Because God has given us this life with a plan and a purpose. His purpose is to produce good fruits. Because his word says when you produce good fruits, Jesus said, 
you are going to glorify God with your good fruits. Amen. So we have to give an account. We have to give an account what we did with our life. None of us can escape that. Whether you are just a new believer or whether you are a sinner or whether you are a, a strong believer or whether you are a preacher or whether you are a pastor or whether you are a prophet, whether you are an apostle, whatever you might be, you still have to give an account on the day of judgment. What have you done with your life? Have you been a good tree, producing good fruits, doing good deeds for your family, for your community, for your neighbors? What have you done with this life that Christ came to give us? Christ paid a heavy price on the cross, church. He didn't pay a price on the cross that we continue living in sin, producing bad fruits. Amen. We need to understand that God paid a heavy price. God sent his son to die on the cross. He shed his blood on the cross so that we and you can produce good fruits for the kingdom of God. Winning souls, bringing people out of the clutches of darkness into the light of Christ. Amen. And this is all possible when we continue walking and producing good fruits. Amen. One of the other good examples is Cornelius. He was an Italian centurion. But God saw his heart and he was able to bring salvation to the whole family. Amen. Because of his good deeds. What was his good deeds? He helped the poor people. He didn't know God, but he knew one thing, that if I help the poor, God is going to bless me. And fair enough, his, his contribution to the poor people opened uh, the door of salvation in his life. You'll find that in Acts chapter 10. God sent his angel and told him, Cornelius, your good deeds have come before my eyes. Now call for Peter and receive the message and let salvation come to your family. It says that Peter came and gave the message of salvation and Cornelius accepted Christ. Not only Cornelius, but the whole family received Christ and they were all baptized in the water and were all baptized with the Holy Spirit. Why did this happen? was because Cornelius produced good fruits. He produced good deeds. He did good deeds for poor. Always remember that church. When you do good for the people who are needy, who are struggling, who are suffering, you, that will never escape the eyes of God. God will remember. People might forget, but God always remembers that. Because his word very clearly says in Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 17, he says, whoever lends to the poor lends to God. Amen. The person, the, the psalmist is saying in Proverbs chapter 19 verse 17, whoever lends to the poor, you're lending it to God. Don't ever think that you're going to give to the poor and you're not going to get anything back. But remember, you're going to get a double portion of what you're giving to the poor. Because it says when you're giving to the poor, you're giving it to God. Amen. So we have to question ourselves, are we producing good fruits? Are we doing any good acts? Amen. The very early church did great good deeds. The first church. You'll find that in Acts chapter 2. And verses 42 to 47 it says 
All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to pray. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miracles, signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with, the, with those in need. Amen. Why did this happen in the first church? The first uh, church is because they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. If you go to Acts chapter 1, it talks about how they waited on the, in the, on the upper room because Jesus said, wait for the Holy Spirit. And they all came together and they waited for the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they started worshipping God. And the next thing what happened was they started fellowshipping. They're coming together every day, praying, fellowshipping, you know, and, and including themselves and sharing in the meals, the Lord's Supper, and praying. And it says in verse 45, it says they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Amen. So two very important things happened here. They all came together in fellowship. Amen. And in prayers. And secondly, they sold their possessions and helped the one who were needy. They sold their possessions and their properties. Why did this happen? Because they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit Church. Amen. You have to produce good fruits. The good fruits of the Holy Spirit, as I mentioned, is in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. talks about all the gifts. I'm sorry, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. The gifts are different, but the fruits of the Holy Spirit are completely different. And the fruits of the Holy Spirit, as I mentioned, is love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness. Amen. So you have to show those fruits. Those fruits have to show up in your life. Amen. So we have to follow the pattern of the early church. We have to follow how they lived, how they moved, how their actions and their behaviors towards their brothers and sisters were. They were there for them. They were there for each other. And they always helped the poor. Amen. So the question again is, are you producing good fruits for your family? Are you producing any good fruits for your church? Are you producing any good fruits for your community, for your neighbors? Are you doing any good deeds will show whether you are a good tree or a bad tree? Amen. I remember I had asked, we were running short of a cross in the church. And I had asked this brother, and this brother said, well, I'm going to build a cross. I'm making a cross. And he, was, he kept postponing it for a long time. And eventually we didn't get the cross that he promised that he would give the church. But we remember one fine lady, uh, she just called us and she said, I want to donate a cross to your church. You know, you don't have to pay any money to us. Uh, you can just come and pick up the cross. It's for free because it's for the church. So I'm donating it to the church. And we prayed for her and we were so blessed by her. And after a couple of days, she texted me and she said, Sister, thank you for your prayers. After donating to your church, I have received so many orders in our store right now that I cannot even imagine. 
I cannot even tell you the numbers of orders that we have received. Our store was struggling financially. We were almost on the verge of bankruptcy. And because we donated to the house of God, God has blessed us. We are able to recover our business. The money is coming in. A lot of orders are coming in. Thank you for your prayers. Amen. And this is the fruit that God will give back if you help and give to the church. This sister just donated it. She said it's for free. You don't have to pay me. While she herself was badly in need of money, she was struggling financially, but still she said, it's for the Lord. I'm not going to charge it. Amen. So that's the kind of attitude we need to carry. Amen. Because God is going to bless us in return, church. It's never going to escape from the eyes of God. Always remember that whatever you good you do, God will return it back with good, more good. Amen. So the question is, are we carrying the good fruits? In Hebrews chapter 6, it says, Hebrews chapter 6, verses from 7 to 8, it says, When the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessings. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Amen. So he's saying that the ground soaks the rain and produces good crop for the farmer. If it produces good crops, it has God's blessing. But if the field produces thorns and thistles and weeds, it is useless. And what will the farmer do? It says in verse 8, the farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Amen. So is our life. Amen. Here, the ground represents us and the rain represents the word of God. And the fruits are our good deeds. Amen. So we are that ground where the rain falls. And it depends on the ground. Is it producing good fruits or is it producing thorns and thistles? If you are producing good fruits, it says the farmer is blessed. But if it produces thorns, it will be burnt. The whole field will be burnt. So is our life. If we are not producing good fruits, don't expect God to bless our lives. Remember that, church. What you sow is what you reap. That's what the word says in Galatians chapter 6. God is not mocked. What you sow is what you reap. If you are sowing good deeds, you're going to re receive good from God. But if you're sowing bad deeds, if you're sowing hatred, if you're sow sowing pride, arrogance, jealousy, backbiting, gossiping, hatred, you're going to reap the same back. Amen. It all depends on what you produce. Because the rain falls on both the good ground and the rain falls on the bad ground. It all depends on the fruit that you produce. Amen. So the rain is the word of God. So when you take the word of God, it will produce good fruits. Amen. It will produce the fruits of the Holy Spirit as I mentioned. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and 23. Amen. So we have to see what fruits we produce. And remember there is a purpose and a plan for each and every one of our lives. We are called to use our lives wisely. Producing good fruits. Amen. I remember the sister had called me a couple of days back and she's struggling with her 
with her daughters and she said I don't know what to do with my daughter sister I have I have done everything possible that I could do as a mother and I don't expect anything good back from them well I told sister well you need to come to the church you need to start walking with God and when you start walking in God there's going to be a transformation in your life if there's a transformation in your life people will start seeing Christ in you and when people start seeing Christ in you they will also see the good deeds that you're producing because without Christ we cannot produce good deeds we cannot <coughs> produce good fruits amen so our lives we have to use it <coughs> wisely amen we have to use our lives wisely church because we have to give an account on the day of judgment what we did with our family and did we bring them in the right direction did we bring our children in the right direction it all depends on us amen I remember this brother has been coming to our church for quite a while and he has been doing Bible study in the church and we were all blessed by that thank God for that but one fine day we got to know from one of the sisters from the church when she happened to go visit him that he had a Bible in one hand and he had a beer in the other hand and he was sharing the word and also drinking beer at the same time so how can you show the love of Christ how can you show the light of Christ in your life if you are one foot in the world and one foot in God amen we have to be careful church we have to use our lives wisely amen that's the reason it says in first Timothy, Timothy chapter 3 verse 5 if someone does not know how to take care of his own house then how can he manage God's household if you cannot take care of your own house especially this message might be for all the elders in the house it could be a pastor it could be a preacher if you're not taking care of your own house what makes you think that you can take care of God's house remember that your house your family is your first ministry your children is your first ministry if you cannot take care of that you cannot take care of the house of God too amen so that's what pastor Jose shared with his brother had him sit down and tell him I'm sorry we cannot let you do this because you're allowing your children to live in sin and you're producing bad fruits so we have to stop you from doing the Bible study unless you repent and get right with God because we are called to produce good fruits our children are, are watching us amen and they will follow us in our steps so we have to be careful that we don't produce bad fruits in the family amen second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says if anyone is in Christ then he is a new creation the old is gone and the new has come amen so that's the finished product once you come to Christ when you get baptized your old is gone your old behavior your old attitudes your old actions your old addictions your old lifestyle everything is gone everything has been wiped out and you are become a new creation in Christ in purity in holiness in humbleness in gentleness producing all the good deeds in your life amen that is when we can say that you are a new creation 
Amen. Many Christians, they profess to be a new creation. They say, yes, I love God. I have accepted. I'm a born again Christian. I have been baptized. But if you see their actions and their attitudes, it doesn't match up. Amen. So your actions and attitudes, that's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 20. You will know them by their fruits, by their actions and behaviors. That is what Jesus said. Amen. So you, will, you can call yourself a, a good tree, but if you're producing a bad fruit, that means you're not a good tree. Amen. We have to change. We have to allow God to transform our life. We have to allow our past to leave our life. We have to allow the past addictions, the past lifestyle to leave us and be done with it. And that is possible when we are connected to God. Amen. So the old has to be gone and the new has to come. Only then you can produce good fruits. And only then we can say that you're a good tree. Amen. Many people, they come to church, but they don't allow the word of God to change them. Many Christians are coming to church. There's nothing wrong in that. I encourage you guys to come to church. Because that's what the Lord commanded. To keep the Sabbath day holy. That is, you have to come on Sunday and worship God. Six days you can work, but the seventh day you have to worship God. And that's His commandment. And we are called to obey His commandment. Amen. But they're coming to church, but they're not allowing the word of God to change them. And that's the problem. Why do I say that? If you go to James chapter 1 and verses 22, it says, Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word of God and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Amen. So this is what James is, uh, is telling the church. Just don't listen to the word, but do what it says. I mean, many Christians, they fail in that area. They listen to the word, but they don't, they don't do what the word says. They're not willing to do what the word says. And that's the problem. That's the reason we don't produce good fruits. We go to church. We go for meetings. We go here. We go there. But there's no fruit. There's no good deeds. And remember that we have to give an account as I just shared. And we're going to be divided based on what we have done. <clears throat> Amen. Have we produced good deeds or have we produced bad deeds? Matthew chapter 7 verse 21. Jesus is saying, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only those who actually do the will of my father in heaven. Amen. Jesus very clearly is putting a line here. He's saying, Many are telling, Lord, Lord, but I'm telling they will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You can fool the church, you can fool the pastor, but you cannot fool Jesus. You cannot fool God. He's watching our every action. He's watching our every deeds. And he's very clearly saying that only those who do the will of my Father will enter heaven. Amen. And that's a serious condition if you want to make it to heaven, that you do the will of God. God has will for every one of us. His will is that we produce good fruits. His will 
is we preach the gospel and bring our brothers and sisters from the darkness into the light. His will is that we are obedient to his word. Because God's plan for our life is beautiful church. You'll find that in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. He says, I have plans for you. Great and trust to keep to make you a success. He has great plans for every child of God. Great plans. But we have to fall in the will of God. But if we don't, those plans that God has will never come to pass. Will never be accomplished in our life. Amen. So we have to fall in the will of God. And that is when you fall in the will of God. Jesus is clearly saying that you will enter heaven. I have a will of God for my life. I don't know some of you guys have some different wills. God has different will for every one of us. Amen. So my will, I know what my will for God for my life is. He has called me to preach. I never expected that I would be called to share the word. I was expecting that I will make good money. Have a good house which is not bad i do have a good house god has provided me god has blessed me but i know his will is for me to preach the gospel not to work in a corporate business amen so god brought me out of the corporate world and called me into his kingdom and his will is that i preach the word lead the people to the truth and the truth will set them free amen and I enjoy working for the kingdom of God. And there's so much of joy and peace and blessings that you cannot imagine. Every day, God surprises me with blessings after blessings. With peace and joy in the spirit. And that is what he wants every child of God to experience. Amen. But we have to fall in the will of God, church. It says in John chapter 14 and verse 15, If you love me, Obey my commandments. And that's the will of God, that you obey his commandments. If you say you love God, and what is his commandments? Two commandments. Love God, keep him first. And second, to love your brothers and sisters. He's not calling us to love our children. He's not calling us to love our spouse. He's not calling us to love our mothers and fathers. Of course, we are called to love. But the first has to be your neighbors, your brothers and sisters in the Lord, next to God. Amen. I was disappointed when this brother posted that nasty text on my Facebook post when I told him to be there for your brothers and sister. It doesn't take much time to just call your brothers and sister once in a while and check on them how they are doing. Right? And that is what we are called to do. We have to call our brothers and sisters and see, hey sister, hey brother, how are you guys doing? It's been so long. Hope you guys are okay. Do you guys need any help? I'm here. I'm here to pray for you. So these are the things that keeps the person encouraged in the Lord. And that is what we are called to do. We are to be there for our brothers and sisters. That's the commandment of God himself. So why do you have to get so upset when we are bringing the word of God? Is that you are not producing good fruits. You are producing bad fruits. Amen. The number one reason why many Christians are not bearing fruits of the Holy Spirit that I just shared is an unrepentant heart. Many Christians have an unrepentant heart and that is what it blocks the Holy Spirit from producing the fruits of the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 3 verse 8 it says, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. <laughs> that is what Jesus is saying. 
produce fruits in keeping with repentance. If you repent of your sins, you will produce fruit. And again in Acts chapter 3 verse 19, here Paul, I'm sorry, Peter is telling the church, repent of your sin so that times of refreshment may come. Amen. This is what Peter is telling, repent of your sins so the times of refreshment may come from God. Many of us are not, not refreshed in the spirit. Many of us are not refreshed in our body. We still have sicknesses. We still have problems. We still have infirmities in our body. It's because we are body, our mind, our spirit, our soul is not refreshed. We need refreshment, church. Amen. Just like we take shower every day to keep our body clean, so is the spirit. We need, it needs refreshment. It needs cleansing. And that is possible when you repent of your sin. If you are not repenting of your sin, it, there's, no, there's going to be sickness. There's going to be sickness in the mind, in the spirit and soul, in depression, anxiety. Fear starts creeping in. Amen. That's the reason it's so important to repent of our sins so that times of refreshment may come in our lives. Amen. The second reason many Christians are not producing good fruit is a hardened heart. A hardened heart. And that was the condition of the Israelites. They were hardened in their heart because of their unrepentant heart. If you are not repenting and if you have an unrepentant heart, eventually down the line, it turns to a hardened heart. Amen. So repentance is very important if you don't repent and you keep living in sin and it comes to a point where you get hardened against God, hardened in your heart against God. And that's what happened with the children of Israel. You find that in Hebrews chapter 3, verses from 8 to 13, it says, Don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. When they tested me in the wilderness, there your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they say they saw many miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them and I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own heart are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. And verse 13, it says, you must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. Amen. So look at the Israelites. They saw the great miracles of God. God provided them food from heaven. God provided them water from the rock. He divided the Red Sea. He was a pillar of light in the dark and he was a pillar of cloud in the day, giving them shade from the hot sun. I mean, they have experienced miracles after miracles after miracles and they still had a hardened heart against God. Why did this happen? Because of their unrepented heart. They did not repent when they disobeyed God. And they put it aside thinking we'll repent tomorrow or we'll repent the next day or the next week. we still got time, you know. God is patiently waiting. I mean, we can ask God to repent. We can do it a couple of months down the line. So that, that way your heart is getting hardened against God. That's why it's very important that if we have today, today is the day, get right with God. Amen. 
Today is the day to repent of your sins and get right with God so that times of refreshment from the Holy Spirit may come upon our lives. Amen. Third reason is they are not connected to Jesus. The third reason for not producing fruit, good fruits, is because we are not connected to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He is our true wine. Amen. Let's find that in John chapter 15 and verses from 1 to 8. It says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, verse 4, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the wine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the wine, <clears throat> you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Amen. So apart from Christ, is very clearly saying you cannot do anything. As simple as that. We might try to do things without God, out of, I mean, out of our own understanding. But it's, not, it's never going to be successful. Amen. Because Jesus clearly said, without me, you cannot produce good fruit. You have to be connected. Just like the grapevine is connected, the branches are connected in the vine and then it produces grapes in the same way when our lives are connected in Christ, we can produce good fruits. Church, I'm inviting you to get connected with Christ. Be obedient to his word. Not just the one on the conference, but I'm inviting everybody on the, on the podcast. I invite you to get connected with Christ. Be obedient to his word. Amen. Let there be a transformation that takes place in your life. Let the old be gone and then let the new come. Amen. Allow the old to be gone and Christ will cleanse us. It says very clearly that he prunes. He prunes the branches that doesn't produce fruit. So when you're connected in Christ, God is calling, Jesus is calling God the gardener. What does the gardener do? He will come and trim those trees. The, those plants which are dry, those leaves especially, those are dry. He prunes the dry leaves, he prunes the dry fruits. He prunes and removes them and trims the edges and the branches so that more fruit and more leaves are produced. Fresh leaves are produced. Amen. That's the work of the gardener and that that's the work of God. He will come in our lives and prune our lives from all the sin and addictions and the hatred and the jealousy is going to come and cut it out from our lives because he's our gardener but the condition is that you could be connected in Christ just like the wine the grape is connected uh, the branch of the grape is connected in the wine if the branch is not in the wine it will not produce grapes so is our lives church if you're connected in Christ we can produce good fruits good fruits that people can will be blessed that people can enjoy and glorify our good God. Amen. So we have to be connected to the vine. It says in uh, the fourth reason that many Christians don't produce good fruit is they stay away. They don't stay away from Christians who are living in sin. 
Many Christians, they, they love to live with their fellow brothers and sisters who are living in sin. I'm not saying that all brothers and sisters are bad, but there are some Christians who profess they are Christians, but yet they live in sin. And the word of God clearly says to stay away from such believers, such Christians. Very clearly, let's go there to 1 Corinthians And chapter 5 and verse 11, it says, 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 11, I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer, that is a Christian, yet indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worships idol or is abusive or is a drunkard or cheats people don't even eat with such people. Amen. Paul is clearly warning the church to stay away from Christians who profess they are Christians, who profess they are believers in Christ and yet indulge in sexual sin, are greedy, worship idols, drunkards, homosexuals, cheaters who cheat people, abusive. God is telling us to stay away from them. I'm not against the homosexual people. They are very good people. They're called to love the homosexuals, but do not love the sin. Amen. But he's telling us to be careful, not to associate with such people who live in sin, who practice sin. Stay away from them. Amen. Why is he saying that? Because good, bad company corrupts moral behavior. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 Verse 33 very clearly says, a bad company corrupts moral behavior. So if you are staying in constant association with believers, Christians who are living in sin, they are going to take you away from God. And eventually you will get tempted and you will fall in sin. Amen. I still remember the sister, she had called Pastor Nunez a couple of years back and she said, I'm going and living with my daughters. And they're drinking too much, Pastor. I don't know what to do. So Pastor told her, you need to leave that place right away, Sister. Because you might get tempted and you might drink and smoke with them. And fair enough, that, that is what exactly happened. She didn't listen to the Pastor and she continued staying with them for a couple of days. And after a week, she didn't come to church. And then when Pastor called her, she said, I'm sorry, Pastor. I fell in sin. God brought me out of the addiction of smoking and I went back to the same addiction. And I'm smoking like 40-50 packets a day of cigarettes because my daughters are smoking. And they tell me and they encourage me to smoke. Mom, smoke. That is what happens, church. If you're living in a bad company, it's going to take you away from God. That's the reason Paul is warning the Corinthian church to stay away from bad company, especially Christians who are living in sin. Amen. God himself, Jesus said, is not coming for lukewarm Christians. Very clearly you'll find that in Revelation chapter 3, verses from 15 and 16. He says, I know the things you do, that you are neither hot or cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are a lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. 
So this is what Jesus is warning the church in the book of Revelation. It is the Lydosian church. The Lydosian church was a lukewarm church. They were filled with lukewarm Christians. One foot in the world and one foot in sin. Uh, one foot in the sin and one foot in God. So those are called as lukewarm. He's very clearly saying if you're a lukewarm, I am going to spit you out. So remember Christ is coming not for a lukewarm Christian. Not for a lukewarm. He's coming for his pure bride. A bride dressed in white, in purity, in holiness. Holiness in his mind, holiness in her body, holiness in her talk, in her actions, in her attitudes. He's coming for his bride who's ready and waiting for him. Amen. So that's the reason is to stay away from, unbeliev from believers, Christians who are living in sin. The fifth reason why many of us don't produce good fruit is we don't honor God with our body. We don't honor God with our body. We put things in our body that defiles our body. We drink, we smoke, we do things that are not pleasing in the eyes of God with our body. And that is when we lose the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul is telling the Ephesian church. In Ephesians 4, chapter 4, verse 30, you will find that do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Your body is the temple of the living God. God dwells in our body. Once you accept Christ, He fills us with, the, with His Holy Spirit. Amen. So we are carrying the Holy Spirit in our body. So don't abuse your body and don't grieve the Holy Spirit. So when you're grieving the Holy Spirit, you cannot produce good fruits, church. So we have to honor our body. That is the last reason why many Christians don't produce good fruits. Amen. It says in Romans chapter 8, 28, God works everything good for those who love God. So if you love God, His word clearly says that He works everything good for you. Your health will be good. Your children will be good. Your finances will be good. Your business will be good. Your community will be good. Your neighbors will be good. Amen. Why? Because you love God. And He has given His promise in Romans chapter 8. If you love God, everything will go good for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, again he says, No eyes have seen, no ears have heard, or no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. So God has great plans. That's what he's saying. No eyes have seen, no ears have heard, or imagined what great plans God has for our lives. For those, only and only those who love him. It's not for everyone. It's only for those who love God with all their heart, mind, and soul. Amen. So we are called to be connected to the wine church. When you are connected to the wine, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and then you will produce good fruits. I'm going to close with this last scripture. It says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, Don't be misled. God is not mocked. What you sow is what you reap. Amen. He's telling us God is not mocked. What you sow is what you reap. So if you're sowing discord, you're going to reap discord. If you're sowing hatred, if you're sowing judgment, attitude towards your brothers and sisters, you're going to receive the same. So God is warning us, don't be, God is not mocked. You will receive what you have sowed. So sow good seeds today, church, so that God will bless you with good fruits and good deeds and good blessings. Amen. And I'm going to close with this last, very last scripture. Same book, Galatians chapter 6. Verse 7 to 9, it says, Let's not get weary in doing good, and at the right time, 
God will bless us. So do not get weary. Do not get tired in doing good. My job is to preach. I will keep preaching. I am called to keep preaching and not to get tired. And at the right time, God is going to bless bless our church. God is going to bless your life if we don't give up. That's the condition. Keep doing good and don't give up. Keep producing good fruits and don't give up. Keep being connected to Christ, the true wine, and don't give up. And God is going to bless our life. God is going to make us a big, good tree producing good fruits that is going to bless our family, that is going to bless our, our spouse, that is going to bless our community, our church. And that is what is God looking for. Good tree producing good deeds. And that is what pleases God. Amen. So I encourage you all to be connected to Christ because only in Christ we can produce good fruits. Amen. So that's the message.